everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. It's the Macaw Podcast Universe, the only podcast in humankind existence hosted by two people that are named Jordan Macaw and Micah Macaw. Which one is which? We're I'm Micah. T- oh. oh. And you're... I guess that by process of elimination, Jordan. And four and a half years ago, we married. Yeah. And we talked about movies so often that we thought, why aren't we sharing this with everybody else? (laughs) (laughs) And so here we are, and we exist to prove people wrong when they say the simple phrase. Shut shut up. (laughs) Sequels are never better than the originals. Yeah, that's why we exist. And we've covered so many franchises. All you, my dear boy, all you must do is scroll backward to see all of the wonderful franchises we have covered. And today, we're finishing off the first, well, I guess the second portion of the three portion, three course meal that is Star Wars. Which means what movie? We are doing Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. What many consider to be the best of the prequel movies. Are they right? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out what we think. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired already. (laughs) So I put all of my energy into that. So now I'm just going to lean back and you got the rest of the episode, right? Ah, much like Darth Vader at the end of this movie. Yeah. Um, What's your experience with this movie, Jordan? I think this is the one that I've seen the most out of all three uh, and I definitely saw it in theaters, and I loved it as a kid. Yeah. It is the best one out of the three, in my opinion. hmm I saw it when I was a kid. I I don't r- really have, like, a memory of actually first seeing it, but, of course, I was young enough that I liked all the Star Wars. You saw it in theaters. Definitely saw it in theaters, and um, I do remember being out of high school and... You know, by that time, hearing so much neg- negativity about the prequels, see our last two episodes to hear how we stand on those now. And I just remember thinking, you know what, Dad, like we were, we were going to watch a movie that night. I said, let's watch Revenge of the Sith and see how this is. And we watched it, and I was like, man, that's a good one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And then we watched it last night. And we're going to get into it. <gasps> you hated it. No, I don't. I don't hate it. I think so. George Lucas, we've we've the been the human enigma. The human enigma. We've really talked a lot about him. And 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 is he a businessman? Is he an artist? He's a little bit of both. But um I think at the end of the day, my two cents on the prequels is this. There is a lot of bad, and I would say a majority bad mm-hmm. with these three movies. But I think, though I like the Disney Star Wars movies better than probably all of the prequels. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see about that in the coming weeks, whether I still agree with that. There is a, a purity to the prequels as yeah. far as an artistic intention. Okay. There isn't a, a feeling of like, you know, there is this Disney that's like, hey... You have to make, like, we have to get these movies out. And mm-hmm. we're going to make decisions based on fan reactions. And we're going to try and make it a Marvel universe yeah. with a ton of movies and stuff. This is like George Lucas set out to make what he set out to make. Mm-hmm. 
for better or worse, I think for the most part, kind of worse. Mm-hmm. But as an artist myself, I respect the fact that he did it. And the other, my second scent about it, that was my first scent. You have two of them? I have two of them. My second scent is I think that it is, it cannot be overemphasized how much these movies changed not the original trilogy for sure and this series not quite as much but certainly up there with like some of the most influential changes in hollywood and movie making are because of the prequels yep and what's funny is i think for the most part people know that they're not very good movies yeah and yet like most series still follow all these templates that are set forth in the prequel movies Mm -hmm. so that is that is my overarching George Lucas. The George th- Lucas of it all. I think at the end of the day, he is trying to be a true artist. But at some points, I think he does fail at being a true artist and cashes it in a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's like he's it's like he's Jekyll and Hyde a little bit. Yeah. The 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 one part of him is what you're saying, and then the other part goes full business at the expense of like almost forgetting that other side of him. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to, do you have anything to say on, on any of the, the bigger picture before we start zooming in? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Do you have anything about this movie before we start zooming in? Well, I thought that's what you meant. Oh, like the series? Well, yeah. Like, do you want to talk about anything George Lucasy or? I will say, even though I don't like these anymore, I still, even though it hasn't been that long since having just watched them. Yeah. I already am feeling an, a fondness and nostalgia for them again. And it's just those rose-colored glasses of childhood that I will never feel about the new ones. Yeah. Even though they're better and I like them way more and would rather watch them. Yeah. But it's not the same. Yeah. What's What's been really interesting is witnessing how the people who grew up with the prequel movies are now adults. We're part of that age group. Mm-hmm. Um. And there are people who are so anti the Disney movies that they now, I mean, even before like, I think Rise of Skywalker even came out, you know, after Last Jedi and stuff, people were just like screaming in the streets, like, give it back to George, which is just crazy because there's been, you know, 20 years of people being like, take it away from George. This guy Mm -hmm. doesn't know what he's doing. And then those people who grew up with the fondness are now old enough that they're like, no, 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 these three movies are like actually amazing. Yeah. When they're not. Yeah. <laughs> they're just not. Yeah. Um, but the purity of vision is interesting. Yeah. I, this is the first time ever to understanding that Padme is the only female character and all she does is cry. Yeah. This movie specifically. Yeah. And it really was glaring in this one more than the other two. And it, it did make me think like, oh man, I'm I'm excited to get into the Ray the Ray. Yeah. Because I've I love that character. Love her. And it is like I, how much of that was a conscious choice of for this new reboot but continuation of the series that they wanted a female lead. I'm sure that was very, very conscious. Yeah. I I agree with the decision, and I'm happy they made the decision, but I'm sure that is, like, straight from the studio, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
But also Rogue One has a mm-hmm. female lead as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was another good decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so let's dive into this one. I have a lot less notes than the past five weeks. Um, but in t- so uh, this movie comes out May 16th, 2005. In 2003, after Attack of the Clones comes out, George Lucas hires Gendy Tartakovsky um, huh? to make a Clone Wars TV show. Oh, I forgot he did that. And yeah. this is the 2D animated. Yes. Um, that went on for how long? It went from 2003 to 2005. Okay. Um, and he explains in an interview, he said that he got the Clone Wars gig, which was thought up by Lucasfilm, because the action figures for the recent Star Wars movies weren't selling as well as they had hoped. There's the business of it all. Mm-hmm. But the show went on to win three Emmys. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say a flaming hot opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like the Cheetos, this one's flaming hot. And I think there's certain people in our audience who are going to be maybe blood boiling with what I'm going to say. I have seen most of the Gendy Tartakovsky show, who I believe is a modern genius of animation. And the show Primal is one of the best shows that I've ever seen in my life. And he's a genius. Uh, then there, then later, after this movie comes out, they make another Clone Wars show. And it is like 3D animation. That goes on for a long time. Long time. And I'll talk a little bit more about that show later. Um, I think that the Gendy Tartakovsky show is like crazy better. Than what? Than the Clone Wars show that... Okay. Is, is now popularized. They've kind of buried the Gendy show. Really? Like, like you can only watch it on YouTube. Oh. Um, and they're short episodes. They're like five minutes long. Mm. Um, but the uh, there is a lightsaber duel in it that I would maybe argue is the best lightsaber duel in Star Wars. Maybe. Is the, anima- is the artwork really similar to his artwork? Yeah. Cool. It's like the Samurai Jack style. Yeah. Um, and and I, I have not seen all of Clone Wars, the 2008 show, uh, but I've seen probably 40 episodes or so. So I've seen a large portion of it, and there's a lot of good stuff in there. I'm not bashing it, but the fact that the show is hard to look at because the animation mm-hmm. is so ugly, the Gendy one gets the, mm-hmm. the lead on that. And what's cool about the Gendy one is it's mostly dialogue-free. It's mostly mm-hmm. just like... Kind of his thing. We're telling the story. Yeah. And you're looking at it. Yeah. And it's better than the Clone Wars show. Mm-hmm. The other one. But I haven't seen all of both. I've seen most of both. Yeah. Well, not most of the new Clone Wars show. But anyway, that's what I'll say on that. And I, I fear that already there's some people who are mad at me. I have nothing to contribute because I haven't seen either. Yeah. What I mean, one of these days... If we ever want to, we should, because the whole Gendy Tartakovsky show is like a little over two hours. What uh, happens? It's the Clone Wars. So um, okay. there's just stuff that's happening in between two and three. Yeah. Um, And it's just really cool. It's yeah. just like j- battles and Jedi so stuff. So is the and other Clone Wars show like a reboot? It's not. Okay. It, it's it's They basically just like pretended that the Gendy show doesn't exist. That's my understanding. Wouldn't anyway. that be a reboot? Oh, I guess yes, yes. You're right. You're right. Um, and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff in that show. I am not denying it. And I I've heard that the final season of the show is like life changingly good. And I've not life seen it. Life changing? I'm being facetious, but 
I remember people who were like, no, I didn't even like the rest of the show that much. Life changing. Um, but yeah, and it, it's it's just funny. This this is another thing that I is weird about the prequel series is there's this whole thing, the Clone Wars. They talk about it in in uh, the original trilogy, I think once, and then there's a movie called Attack of the Clones that has one skirmish. Mm-hmm. And then this movie starts with the Clone War ending. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such a weird story choice. Yep. Sucks. I mean, it it's so weird that episode one isn't the beginning of the ends with the beginning of the Clone Wars, and episode two is just the Clone Wars. Yep. Or episode three is mostly Clone Wars or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either, man. It's frustrating as heck. Well, and I did read but I couldn't find a citation, couldn't find an article to back it up, so take it with a grain of salt. But I did read that George had like all these sequences that were going to be like all these extra battles at the beginning of the movie that was showing the Clone Wars. But then as they were getting further in filming and editing, he was like, I just have to focus on Anakin. Hmm. Like, if it doesn't have to do with Anakin, we got to cut it, hmm. basically. Which does make sense. Yeah. Um, But it's... It's a bummer. The promise of the Clone Wars is it, it would have been cool to see as a movie. Yeah. Anyway. Um so uh in April of 2005, which is right before this movie comes out, George talks about how they're going to make a 3D animated show. And that show comes out in 2008. And we'll talk about that later. Um another thing that I couldn't find confirmation of, but allegedly he planned to put a 10-year-old Han Solo in the movie to appear in Kashyyyk in an early draft. What's Kashyyyk? That's the Wookiee planet. Okay. Um, thank goodness that was That cut. doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah. And as we go through, we're going to be talking about the prequel problem, right? Of, okay. that, of that sort of thing, like trying to tie all these loose threads that don't yeah, need to I be tied. Yeah, I think we've kind of been talking about it the whole time. You're right. Can we keep talking about it this year? Yes, day? fine. Um... And this is another one that I couldn't find actual sources, but I know that they've done this in, like, comic books and stuff. Okay. Uh, but he wrote a scene where Palpatine reveals to Anakin that Palpatine created Anakin through midi-chlorians and is thus his father. So he's the Darth whatever guy he was talking about? I, th- well, I think they changed it because, remember, yeah. he's, he was talking about that one guy and said exactly what you just said. Yeah. Well, um, I think... I think that the idea is that Darth Plagueis is his master. And he oh, okay. he killed him in the night. So then I would imagine oh, okay. that he killed him and then he created Luke by giving midi-chlorians Anakin. to Shmi. I mean, Anakin. I hate it. Yeah. I hate that so much. But there is a Darth Vader comic book that I've read where he does, in fact, do that. Okay. So that is the is canon. It good? It, it's a really good series, Sounds actually. Dumb. In the series, it works. In yeah. a movie, it doesn't. We're, yeah. You know? Um, and then Spielberg was kind of brought on as like a guest director a little bit. Okay. And he helped with a lot of the previs and a lot of the stuff in, um, I think I think the sequences in Utapau, the place where General Grievous hides. Okay. Um, and it's weird. And there's a documentary on this movie and in it george says like hey we're having this guest director come in to help with some of the stuff before we start shooting and he says 
And it's great because if people don't understand decisions, I can just blame him for it. And he's kind of saying it jokingly, but like knowing a little bit more behind the layer of Lucas, I'm like, so he directed this movie, but kind of backdoor hired Spielberg so that he could blame stuff on him is how it feels. It's a bad friend. Yeah. And I know that he's joking, but I'm sure he Maybe did that's that. that's why this movie is a little bit better than the other two, though, because <laughs> Spielberg worked on it. Yeah. But I don't know how far the extent of Spielberg works, because mm-hmm. he, he basically said he worked on Previs. So that's before they're shooting anything. Mm-hmm. So um, McGregor and Christensen performed the lightsaber duel without stunt doubles. Hey, and Hayden Christensen. Who's McGregor? Uh, Ewan McGregor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Because that lightsaber duels are great. Yeah. And I didn't realize that they didn't uh, do that. Wait, sorry. Can you say the fact again? I could <laughs> you not got figure so it out. Stunt. Yeah. Uh, they performed the, the lightsaber duel without stunt doubles. Got it. Um, I'm sure, that, you know, well, I think every time there was a stunt double, it was a CG thing. Uh-huh. I think so, so too. Um, and Christensen is the only actor to play Anakin and be in the Darth Vader outfit in the oh, same yeah. movie. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So, and and they were going to have just like a tall guy in the Vader suit, and Christensen was like, you have to let me do this. Yeah, come on. You have to. Yeah. And they had to build a special suit for him and stuff that of course. made him taller and more imposing. I would be but, fighting for that, too. Yeah. And he's like, you're putting all this makeup on me. Put me in the suit, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then here's a crazy one, and this will lead right into you. Okay. Um, I think. Gary Oldman was supposed to voice General Grievous. Okay. Um, but if you remember all the way back to episode six, maybe? Episode one or six, this movie is made outside of any of the unions. It's not a SAG movie. Screen Actors Guild. Oh, right, that's right. So, so they couldn't get him? Gary was like, well, I, I would be violating yeah. the union rules. And I don't know how that works with the other actors and stuff, but he was not willing to do that. But then the actor who plays General Grievous claims that, that that they never actually offered it to him. To Gary Oldman. But I couldn't find a quote where the actor who played General Grievous actually said that. There was a lot of stuff on this movie that I could not find articles to back up the information I was getting. So hmm. it's a little dicey. Well, Matthew Wood play, yeah. voices General Grievous. He is... Oh, let me go back to him, actually, because... Um, he is a voice actor as well as a supervising sound editor. Okay. Um, so he's done voice acting in the first two prequels. Any character names or did you not catch that? Not Nothing important. Okay. Uh, what's new Scooby-Doo? He also does voice acting in Battlefront 2 as General Grievous. He's in Robot Chick- Chicken, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, additional voices. Okay. Um, and then he does he does a lot of Star Wars stuff. I don't think not not just as General Grievous either. Just video games, Legos, like Got all it. this stuff. He's he's just voice acting for the series. And even his bio says he's an American sound editor and voice actor who works at Lucasfilm. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah, that's really all I had on him. So should we talk about Grievous now or later? Let me just finish because I only have one other actor. Oh, okay. Uh, Jimmy Smith plays or uh, Bail Organa. Senate Bail Senator Bail Organa 
And Micah and I fought about whether or not he was in the last movie, and I said yes, and you did not believe me, and I had to prove it. So yet, once again, Star Wars made us fight. <laughs> um, but he is also in Rogue One. That's right. Same he character. Is. Duh. Yeah. Uh, he's in NYPD Blue, In the Heights, Dexter, and a lot of other stuff. Love Jimmy Smith. We'll, we'll talk about Grievous when we get there then. Um, just well, a- we get to him like right at the beginning. Um, but I have a couple more notes. Oh, I thought it was shorter. But it is. <laughs> so uh, this is just an. It, this is just showing the scope of this movie. Nine hundred and ten artists and seventy thousand four hundred forty-one man hours to create forty-nine seconds of footage for the Mustafar duel alone. What's the Mustafar duel? That's the lightsaber duel, the lava planet. Okay. So the the for some reason this time around the names are really lost on me. <laughs> I mean, again. I, I had the old Battlefront 2 video game, and you'd click what planet you want to go to and Wait, fight. So. so how many people? 910 artists. Wow. 70,441 man hours. And you said that... To make 49 seconds of footage. And you said that there's one shot in particular with lava... Yeah. Uh, ...destroying like a bridge. Yep. And you said there's a whole documentary... I mean, I don't, I'm I assuming it's not... Oh, okay. I misspoke, because I watched some of that documentary. The documentary talks about those shots. Okay. That's where I got that fact, too. Cool. Um, but but the documentary is loosely about the whole movie. Got it. But they do kind of key in on, yeah. like, Mustafar especially. great. Mustafar looks insane. It looks really good. I mean, we really nailed lava stuff back in the day. Yeah. Um, don't you think it looks great with Lord of the Rings, too? I think we oh, even yeah. said that. Well, but, and, and with Lord of the Rings, we talked about how on many of the shots, they used, uh, I think, a type of metal or something, and they melted it, and then they'd flow it down like miniatures. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's, yeah. And, of course, there is CGI as well, uh-huh. but, but that's that's why, like, when they're on that rock and it's floating down, it's like, yeah, this is absolutely real. Yeah. There's no way it's not real. So that was just the miniature part. Yeah. And that's why it looks so good. Yeah. Guys, take notes. Talking yeah, to you, done Hollywood. it again. <laughs> um, so this is the first Star Wars movie that's rated PG thirteen as well. The other ones are rated PG. All of them are PG except for this one, and then I think all the new ones are PG thirteen. So now back to Clone Wars TV show two thousand eight. Just reading a quote about it. Um, it a number of plot threads initially developed for this movie were put into the show. These threads include Boba Fett's revenge plot against Mace Windu for Jango's death and the solving of the mystery behind deceased Jedi Master sifo which is the guy who ordered the clones. And remember how last episode I complained... Oh, that, that character is in the show? Well, they, they explain the mystery of it. Okay. So maybe I need to finish watching that show because the parts that Attack of the Clones brings up and doesn't do anything with, the show answers. So they're just cleaning up George Lucas's mess. Yeah. Well, and the guy who created the show, one of the creators, Dave Filoni, is basically the head with Jon Favreau of the live action shows now. Oh, okay. He's like one of the main directors on Mandalorian and and showrunners and stuff. Mm -hmm. So the guy knows his Star Wars. Uh, the final four episodes of the series take place concurrently with Revenge of the Sith. Several scenes from the film were recreated and expanded for these episodes in order to showcase the whereabouts of Anakin's Skywalker's former Pad- Padawan, Ahsoka Tano. During he had the, a Padawan? Yeah. Oh, but he wasn't a master yet. In the show, he has a Padawan. 
though he's a master in the show? I I think that they make a big point about how like they just give him a Padawan even though they shouldn't or something. Well, I, it's well, whatever. I it's, can't I can't dedicate energy to that. Well, it, it's kind of weird. That was one of the things that I had a hard time with the show. Is I just uh, it was Ahsoka Tano is like a, a lot of people's like favorite Star Wars character. They love what, this what does character. It look like? Um, do you know? Like she about. she's got you know the tentacles. She's got tentacles. Yeah, and she's blue. I think she's in the show. I think she's like brown and white. Or is she green in the show? I think she's brown and white. Yeah, I I know here. I've seen that character. Um, but people love her. Um, and I I I think you know she goes through all this stuff, and now she's in the Mandalorian show and stuff. That's the same character. Yeah, the one she was that blue in the show. Rose, Rosie something plays yeah. the girl from Daredevil. Yeah. Anyway, maybe she is blue. I don't know. Come on. Anyway. I just I've just found it hard to believe that in the few years between Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith he has a Padawan and they allowed that and I, that's just that's a personal thing for me. I just can't like get behind that well, detail. Well, it's also like if they did not if they never trusted him for a second like the the council uh-huh. in this movie, why would they ever give him a Padawan? I know. But also and it's I'm like I'm not even saying that was that all made sense. You need drama in the show, and apparently she's like one of the best you characters. Know what's a dumb thing in this movie, or not dumb, just like it's just like annoying. Like this goes back to how the writing is so bad. They really hit the chosen one thing in the last movie hard. Uh-huh. They barely talk about it in this movie, and it's like I, I, they just they could have done it so much better in a more yeah. interesting way because they don't trust this person, and it is even addressed of like, but I thought he was the chosen one. And Yoda it's only Obi Wan who talks about it. I know, like in two scenes. But like at, in the last movie, it's almost like every well, no, even in the first movie because um, Qui Gon Jinn yeah. brings it up, and everyone is kind of like, oh, maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's just like all of a sudden, everyone hates this person's gut, yeah, because he's he is insubordinate. Well, and we'll we'll talk about the the first hour of this movie is an absolute disaster. What's also crazy too that the series just completely destroys, in my opinion. Yeah, not I don't want to make sweeping statements. It's okay. just disappointing that they make Jedi's so undesirable to me that like why would a kid want to be one? I know that's that's I mean this is the thing I've talked about on all these episodes where it's like the council sucks. They suck. They also die in like two seconds from a yeah. couple of bullets. Most of them, and I also understand it's a montage, but it's a little like, man, Jedi suck. Yeah, like they're, but it's also supposed to be not only the fall of Anakin, but it's the fall of Jedi. You know, it just doesn't. It's just not done not well. Well written. You know, because there's yeah. a version of this by a better writer and a better director that totally works. Yeah. But it's also his artistic vision. That's the yeah, whole his artistic rub. vision. Uh, yeah. vision, sex. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Gilmore is biting his foot. He's <laughs> got to itch it somehow in his mouth. But um, yeah. So those are all my notes, bringing it together. And if you are like, I want to hear more about the Clone Wars. I listen to Micah's eight-part series. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Brought to you by uh, NPR. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> this month on Patreon, we're doing a watch along on the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. You're not going to want to miss that. No. If you sign up for $3, you can do the watch along. It's available anytime Guys, afterward. I've never seen it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, and then the month after that, we're going to be doing on Patreon 
the Clone Wars movie that served as a backdoor pilot for this show, which is a disastrous movie that has zero the hut. Wait, what? One of the worst We're movies. We're watching it? Oh, yes, we are. And it's a, when did that come out? And is it animated? 2008, yeah. It's animated. The and Clone it came Wars out in theaters. Movie. Oh. It's really Oh, bad. it's like the show, six seasons in a movie kind of thing? <laughs> Yeah, but they did a movie and then six seasons. Okay. I think there are six seasons. That's funny that you said that. And it got canceled after five. And then they came back and did a six. Mm, still waiting funny. for community. I know. But yeah, so if you want to hear about that, uh, we'll be we'll be covering that that crazy movie with the worst, maybe the worst Star Wars character, worse than Jar Jar Binks, Zero the Hut. We we hate that character. Is zero spelled like zero? Yeah, like the number. <sighs> <laughs> So, we've talked a lot about the opening crawls in these movies. Yeah. We have to talk about this one. <laughs> it's so confusing. So, the movie begins. Yeah, I have the opening crawl right here. Let's, and re- let's hear it. Stop me at any point. Yeah. War! What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing! The Republic is crumbling under attacks by the ruthless Sith Lord Count Dooku. Okay. Oh, I hope we get to see some of that. There are heroes on both sides. Okay. Mm-hmm. Evil is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is great. Maybe this is going to be awesome. In a stunning move, the fiendish droid leader, General Grievous, okay, weird name for a character, Grievous, but whatever, has swept into... What, so, someone's name is Darth Sidious, Micah. That's true. Um, the fiendish droid leader, General Grievous. Okay, I'm there. And then it says, has swept into the Republic capital and kidnapped Chancellor Palpatine, leader of the Galactic Senate. Confused immediately. Okay. As the Separatist droid army attempts to flee the besieged capital and their valuable hostage, two Jedi Knights lead a desperate mission to rescue the captive Chancellor. It's, n- it's the least, it's, it's the best of the prequel opening crawls. But it's a little confusing. Okay, so. Please, Jordan. I thought that we determined from the last movie that Count Dooku is working with Palpatine. He is. That is clear. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. 100%. Why? What um, illusions need to be created that they that they have to stage this coup of kidnapping the Palpatine? Like, it, he, it just doesn't even feel like he's working from inside anymore. Because he is, like, the leader of fighting back against this army that he's with. Yeah, isn't it time to just be with your army? Uh, which per, which character, Count Dooku? You're still talking no, about Palpatine. Palpatine. And I and I know it's like, well, he's trying to get Anakin or whatever. Yes. So I think I think the broad strokes of what is attempted, and I think it kind of works. I think, but I can be convinced out of that pretty quick. He has two main goals, three main goals. Uh, uh, he wants to turn Anakin Skywalker. And have a new apprentice. He wants to control the galactic and establish an empire. And along with that, he would then take control of the Separatist army as well, which he already has control of. So I think the idea is he gets kidnapped, gets sympathy from the Senate, who he's already overstayed his power, so this will want them to have him even longer. Um, And then... Kill Count Dooku because he's the face of these of this separatist party. Yeah, hopefully kill Grievous too because that ends the war. Because uh, he's the leader of the separatist army now. Although he kind of wants the war to last longer so that he can retain his power. 
anyway, um, so he he gets kidnapped. But I I think his main goal, which is kind of like, it's a movie logic thing where you just go, well, I hope they bring Anakin, because I th- I think that his main goal is like, if I can get him to kill Dooku, it's one step toward the dark side. Hmm. Maybe. Or, okay. Or maybe General Grievous isn't in on it. <laughs> But that wouldn't make sense, right? I don't get it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It, it just doesn't It doesn't make sense because he's the leader of both armies. Just pick and, a side. And like I said in the last episode, and I'm really, it's like really apparent to me now that Dooku should never have been sided with Palpatine, especially because of this scene. Yeah. It should have been. He's the leader of the Separatist army. And he is a former Jedi, and he knows he's a Sith, and he's going to kill him, but he's doing it outside of the Jedi Council. Uh, Palpatine? Yeah, so he takes control of the Separatist army, and he's like, let's do this. Let's stop this guy and restore balance to the the Galactic Senate. Okay. And so he captures him, and he's like, I'm going to tell everyone you're a Sith or whatever. And then they kill him, and then the droid army has been destroyed and Palpatine. That it makes more sense. It makes more sense. It's less convoluted. Yeah. And again, it makes more sense. If that didn't make so much sense, check out last week's episode. I dived into it quite a bit. My brain hurts already. That's how the movie starts. Yeah. So, I was talking about Ahsoka Tano. And first of all, she is red, or she's brown, white, and blue. So we were both right. Okay. <laughs> um... And I said, and, and I'm just having to come to the audience with open arms and just say I'm wrong, you know, that we encourage that on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I have to say, you know what? I thought it was lame and stupid and didn't make sense that a Jedi could have a Padawan. A, a Jedi that's not a master. Yes. And then we, we got into the weeds of stuff, and this all happens not in the movies that we're discussing. It's in a TV show. That is canon, but is not referenced in these movies. Mm-hmm. But there's been a lot of talk, and I've been critical of a lot of the Jedi stuff. And I do, I stand by most of it, but I did a quick Google search, and I think it's all right there. Okay. So there are four rankings you are first a youngling, then a Padawan, then you are a Jedi Knight, and then you become a Jedi Master. And Jedi Knights can have Padawans. Mm-hmm. So that actually fixes like my whole issue with the Clone Wars TV show, <laughs> which I am positive that they discuss in the show. Okay. And I'm sure I just missed it because I think that was one of those shows where I was like, oh, I'll watch this, you know, like while I'm working or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, because I don't really like the animation, so I don't want to look at it too much. Um I'm assuming also the animation probably in the later seasons looks a lot better. I would hope. But uh, yeah, so I have to say egg on my face. And let's just put that to rest now. Mm -hmm. And then let's talk about what is actually presented in the movies that we watched. Yes. Do you agree? I agree. We've talked about the opening Let the record show that I agree. Oh, thank you. Uh, Can we have the the stenographer read that back to everybody? (laughs) Just kidding. Okay, so opening crawl happens. We discussed that. But then the opening shot of this movie is awesome. I love the opening shot of this movie. The camera pans down, 
And well, it's on one side of a giant, whatever the ship is. Yeah. And then it goes around the ship and there's this battle happening. It's yeah, so and it cool. reveals this huge battle. Mm-hmm. And then we follow Anakin and Obi-Wan as they're flying through this battle one shot. Of course, so, it's a fake one shot, but... I just have a question. I have yeah. a question. Yes. Their, um, their ships just are, to me, very reminiscent of the other ships of bad guys in the, the first three. Who? Well, so which ship are you talking about? Uh, I think the ship, both ships that they're flying... It looks like it's the uh, primarily a sphere uh-huh. with wings on the outside. Yes. Which reminds me of the Imperial Army's yes. ship. Do you think there's any correlation with that? Because it all kind of get like what what is seemingly the good guys is the bad guys. Same with the clones. No, it, that is not, uh, not only can I say I think that, I know that that is true, that they took that into account when they were designing. I think that's cool. The Republic. I like Because even like the Republic's ships look like different versions of the imperial cruisers yeah i think i love that that's cool. uh, it's a great detail oh that's a great D- detail. don't get me wrong oh hey, hey gun to my head that's a good detail <laughs> um i mean that's cool world building stuff that uh-huh. is great um yeah so this opening shot is crazy we it's a, it's a nice way to get introduced to obi-wan and anakin there's these cool um droids i can't remember what they're called but they they jump onto ships yeah and, and they dismantle them those droids are awesome they dismantle the atomic bomb yeah <laughs> um, well they know how to at least how annoying is this at this point no um, don't say that <laughs> okay. people are having fun um so all of that is really cool and it's also kind of nuts that the the droid ships are not operated by droids but they are like like the ship is a droid. What are they operated by? Like like those ships that are kind of um <laughs> this is so hard to describe, but they kind of are shaped like this. And they're yeah. the droid ships, you, you know. You need the doors open like this? <laughs> <laughs> um because their heads move. Like the like what would be the cockpit. It's just a giant droid. I think I missed this at all. Yeah, like which altogether. I think is cool. Okay. Cause so it's not like a droid is jumping in a ship and flying it around. The ships just are droids. That's cool. I miss that 100%. And that's, I've missed that every time I've seen it. That's my understanding of it, at least. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, but... So kind of, not, but not really similar to like R2-D2 being on the ship. Yeah, but instead of... It's just the whole ship is uh-huh. a droid. Uh-huh. Um, so that's cool. Uh-huh. Um, this space battle feels like George, when he was r- directing this, was probably like... This is it. I've finally done what I imagine Star Wars looks like in my brain. Uh huh. And I think it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I would, I would rank this high amongst opening shots in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe number two. We're off to a great start. Off to a wonderful start, and I'm thinking, okay, like this is gonna maintain. This is gonna be a movie that a I'm gonna one, watch. A, a one of the better ones. <laughs> Then they break into the ship. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, audience, but I believe there is a deleted scene where Hayden Christensen makes the R2-D2 noises. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) It's a deleted scene, so we can't hold it against him. You're saying that he says beep, boop, beep, beep? But they they use, like, the sound, and he's like, oh, did R2 tell you this? And he's like... No, no, that's not real. Yeah, I'm, I'm... 
99% sure I've seen that deleted scene. I am 99% sure need you to show me that. Okay, I will. I that will. is the, one of the weirdest decisions I've ever heard. It's very and stupid. And this is a weird series. Very weird series. Um, but they get R2-D2 to control the elevators so that they can go find Palpatine. Yeah. So, But all that to say is naturally R2-D2 gets into some hijinks. Yeah, so R2. A huge issue in this movie I have uh, is he is f- majority of the movie CGI. Uh-huh. The f- majority of the series. Uh, of the prequels, yeah. you mean? Yeah, but even like the first movie, I don't know that he's CGI at all, except for maybe like yeah. uh, uh, shots of the ships, you yeah. know, far away that he's connected to. But this one, I mean, he's like, I would say more CG than not. Yeah. And it looks pretty bad now. Um, he has like an oil spray thing and he can just kind of do anything. Yeah. And I think that really hurts him as a character. Uh-huh. Uh, and it doesn't make sense that in later movies he can't do those things that's the prequel problem our technology has advanced but the series timeline is flipped is backwards so like things are better before and it's not a dystopia you know Uh uh-huh so well it's not a dystopia at all yeah that's what i mean okay but like like if you were making a series where you did a prequel to you know uh, a a series where the world ended or something theoretically the technology could be better in the prequels than where the world ended wait what (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to this and explain it here if you made a series of movies that took place from the year 2000 to 2020 and in those movies let's say the world ends in 1999 and it's all just like a wasteland like Mad Max from 2000 to 2020. And then you said, I'm going to do prequels to that from the 1980s to 2000. Theoretically, technology could be better in the prequels. Yeah, because everything's been decimated, so there's no chance to yeah. uh, improve those things. But Star Wars has not done that. It is a used universe. Yeah. But but it doesn't make sense that like R2 couldn't do these things now. So I, I just yeah. think that's bad writing. And, and the scenes that he can do extraordinary things are very slapstick and stupid and he does the yell thing too many times the the whoa we're halfway there yeah whoa we're living on a prayer yeah yeah um so then our two jedi knights make it into the our two d2 jedi knights <laughs> they they find that was a good one jordan i like <laughs> well, i that. thought you were saying r2 at first um they find palpatine uh-huh uh, and then Count Dooku shows up, and they and you said right before it happened, this is one of the worst things to happen in this series. And Count yeah. Dooku CGI version flips off the balcony. Uh huh. It looks so atrocious. It looks really bad, and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, it it kind of takes away his gravitas as like this old yeah, elegant like, man. It's time to fight. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this this is where when we were watching it last night, I was like. Oh, is this maybe the worst of the prequels? Uh-huh. Like, is this potentially the worst Star Wars movie? Uh-huh. Because, as we already discussed, like the the plan doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. Yeah, the lightsaber duel is strange, and then they just immediately kill Count Dooku, kind of for no reason. Do you think that it? Okay, so we know in the last movie that uh, Anakin 
we know what he's capable of because he killed a town, like a tribe of people for what they did to his mom. Do you think what he did to Count Dooku is like earned? Like it makes sense? Or does it make, does, is there any part of you that feels weird about it? It, uh, I kind of feel weird about it. Well, I, I know that the, the purpose of the scene is like one more step to him taking the dark side. Um, but it doesn't feel like there's a lot of weight to it. It was just like Palpatine, Palpatine was like, kill him. And there was a little bit of hesitation because he's yeah. not supposed to kill. And then he just does it. Yeah, it, it feels like there should have been more of a gray area. Because when you see it, like like when he attacks the sand people, he's wrong in doing it the way he does it. But you understand the emotion behind it. Yes. This is a little bit where he's like, I should I really shouldn't do this. And Palpatine's like, do it. And he goes. Well, Palpatine does say stuff like he's a terrible person. He's done these terrible things. He's more specific than that. But yeah, and and then Anakin's just kind of goes, okay. I guess when you put it that way. Yeah, and it, it feels out of character for Anakin, one who's already we've already seen touch darkness. Yeah, it it feels like there should have been a moment where you know Count Dooku like gets a lightsaber, and and you can't tell if you know maybe Anakin should have tried to fight him more, but he instead decided to kill him instead of maim him yeah because he by the way this movie there's like six hands that get chopped off <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah i'm just now thinking of later on in the movie when mace windu is facing off against palpatine oh, we can't talk about that no yet. i'm not getting into it okay like that but like anakin's saying like stop stop like don't do it don't kill him he deserves to stand trial and i guess we're supposed to think like mace windu is so in the heat of it that he might kill palpatine because it's been discovered that he is a truly a Sith and all this stuff. But like in that moment, like I, I, it's one of those things where it's like, I get it. Like Anakin has allegiance to this person. Uh-huh. And just because he kills Count Dooku because someone told him to doesn't mean that he will also kill this person because they're yeah. bad. But it's just, it doesn't, it just feel, all feels kind of weird to me. Yeah. Does that make sense? You're, like you're, you're saying it feels weird that Anakin would react that way later in the series when he's just willy nilly kills Count Dooku. Yeah, because by yeah, like I if agree. he's saying that, it's like why didn't he say like Count Dooku deserves a trial? Maybe he does say it, but it is just like he does say it, but then quickly he's like okay, and yeah. then he just cuts his head off. Yeah, yeah, but which also just feels gruesome. Yeah, it. I mean, it more actually feels like, and I don't think this is the case, but it more feels like a Hollywood situation yeah. where an actor says like, I don't want to be in this. You need to kill me in five minutes or else I'm not showing up on set. Christopher Lee does not seem to be a type of person that set those sorts of ultimatums. So yeah. I am in no way saying that happened, but that's how it reads. Yeah. It reads like Christopher Lee didn't want to be in the movie anymore. So he requested they kill him or else he would break his contract or something. Yeah. But they, yeah. And I know I agree with you like a Hollywood thing. I just, I don't know. It's just, it just kind of feels weird. I think it's I think it's George being George. Yeah, you know. Um, so we didn't earlier in this episode we did not talk about General Grievous, right? As not yet who he is because he's introduced. Yeah, and design ten out of through 10. the roof. So cool. He has human parts. But I don't think he has human parts. Or he has you know he has um living parts. Yeah, he's a, he's a cyborg. He has human eyes. Bio. I'm trying to think of a. A classy scientific word. Keep well, going. he is a cyborg. No, I know, I know. I'm just thinking. That's pretty classy, if you ask me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I've always, I've always loved, yeah, this character. The voice really graded on you. 
did not grate on me so much. Well, so I'm I am torn because I we've often talked about how we wish that voice actors got to do more parts like this, not something like Lupita Nyong'o doing freaking uh Orange what? Lady. Orange Lady in Force Awakens, like the worst voice acting. Yeah. Although she is trying something different, so I appreciate that. But uh, I think that General Grievous, his, 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 the voice performance, I think, is one of the worst performances in the entire Star Wars series. Yeah, I don't feel that way. It's like, <coughs> okay, but you're talking about the coughing. You're not talking about the voice. The, the coughing is atrocious. It's the worst. And then I think the voice is also like, really? I think that they should not have done the coughing. I think the coughing itself is not great. Uh, I, I, I think it is interesting, though, because it's like what we see is this droid, but he seems to have some kind of... Oh, it's he, interesting, yeah. Maybe he smokes six packs a day. and um, But it, yeah. it, it, it would be more interesting if the person voicing it knew how to f- cough and make it sound like they were actually coughing. But maybe because he's mostly droid, that's what he sounds like when he coughs. Yeah, I I just think it's so I think it's so you incredibly bad. You could never bad. make it in this world, Micah. They would eat you alive. <laughs> I am not the only one who thinks this about General Grievous. I can tell you that much. Okay. Um but it, it sucks because he's so cool and I I just I can't listen Is to him. Is he as annoying in the video game? In the video game. Battlefront 2? I mean, I think so, yeah. Okay. But the video game that's different cuz you're playing General Grievous or fighting him, you know. Anyway, I love it. Yeah, love the design, hate the performance. So, thank you all for listening. Yeah, we're Don't, gonna fight again. Please rate this podcast, though. We are stuck at a rating. It happens every once in a while. We just get stuck. Yeah. And I want, I want to get us up higher. I want to get higher, man. I want, I want to taste those ratings as they come in. So, give us a rating if you haven't already. Five stars, of course. Um. And tell us what we got wrong about Star Wars. <laughs> so everything <laughs> they escape with Chancellor Palpatine after fighting Grievous for a second. I think yeah, but then yeah, but Grievous like shatters the windows and he flees. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um. Oh, I actually wrote down the Palpatine conversation okay. with Anakin, just saying how crazy it is. Oh, okay. Um, because this remind that. The first hour of this movie reminds me of how we talked about in Phantom Menace. For the first time ever, I noticed how it is like, it's like line, new scene, line, new scene, line, line, new scene. And it's just like disorienting how much that movie yeah, cuts. Th- this movie goes so fast. The and first it, hour of this is so bad. This one, though, did not drag for, it for doesn't those drag. reasons. I think, but I think part of that is because it's the third movie and they have to wrap it up. Yeah. So they, they have a lot of things to wrap up. Yeah. Um, but Palpatine says, kill him. Kill him now. And then he does it. And he says, I shouldn't have done that. And then Palpatine says, it's only natural. Remember the sand people. Oh, yeah. And then does what he say co- something like, I told you that in confidence. <laughs> yeah. oh, so that's another thing that... And I, I am getting so nitpicky at this yeah. point. I will admit that. When did him and Palpatine become friends? Hmm. I, well, I mean, that's another big problem with this movie. That's is, off, that was an off-screen thing where something there's so much off-screen was developed. 
Because I think Lucas is kind of counting on some of this other stuff. Well, I think he's like, I really have to establish his character and show development and growth, Anakin. But then I have to show character development and growth, Palpatine, which he does in the, the second movie. And then it's the third movie. He's like, now I got to do it together with them both. But I couldn't do everything I wanted to do in one movie. You got to think that at some point when George Lucas is writing episode three, he's like, why did I spend so much time on the trade agreements and Phantom Menace? Do you think that he wrote all three of them at the same time? Not the same time, but he he wrote one, made the movie, wrote the second one, made the movie. Yeah. Kind of feel like... I think the third movie, he started writing it before they started shooting the second one, though, I think. Okay. I I just think that if I was to write a a for sure trilogy... You're like, well, but that's probably not how movies work. What what are you going to say? That I would like to have them all written so that I can just know that they all flow and are taken care of. But I, I understand that that's not a movie thing. Well, that, it's an interesting thing you bring up because I feel like a lot of times people cite the new Star Wars movies and they they say this thing. They say, I wish they would have just planned it out before they made it. And they they look at something like, marvel and they go look at how much good they did and they planned it all out but then i think about it and i go i understand what you're saying and i think they could have planned that trilogy a little bit better yeah but marvel they did plan like big sweeps but it was they they were they still left room for themselves they still left room and then i think about star even star wars itself he he does have some ideas but then he makes episode four He's like, I'll try and make episode five. Okay, I'll try and make episode six. And then the the one series that he has a clear vision on, the prequel series, is the worst trilogy of all of them. And that's probably the most planned out. Yeah, it's true. So I don't think that argument holds much water, in my opinion, unless you're going to cite, like, Lord of the Rings, which is based on pre-existing material. Yeah. So And was all shot during, like, at the same time. Yeah, that's like a whole different animal. Yeah. Um, but you know, there is something to like, what if he did sit down and write all of it and then shoot it? But I just don't think it works that way. And the process of making movies is so long. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I I think there's bigger issues with the, 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 the episode seven through nine that are not necessarily like planning that are the problem of the, of the series, you know? So Anyway, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, and, and that series is not as bad as the prequel series, no matter what people say. Yeah. The prequel movies are worse people than the new that? Star Wars. People do say that now. It's kind of coming around. It's not true. No. But again, like we said earlier in this episode, there is more artistic purity, I think, in the prequels because it is someone's vision. Yeah. I just also think like simply on a technical level, the newer ones are better. But like in that artistic way, like it looks better. It's more, it's kind of going back to tactile. Yeah. There are some, uh, like things where the, the colors are just so interesting, but they couldn't have done any of that. Without oh, no, the I know. I know, you know. I know that that's yeah. The, these movies tripped and fell on their face so that everyone else could run. Yeah. One huge praise for revenge of the Sith is this movie does not look like garbage like Attack of the Clones. It's got some weird backgrounds, though. Has some weird backgrounds, but the last movie, like, 
look, it just looks bad. Yeah. All and we so, discussed all of that digital stuff. So it feels like in the time between Attack of the Clones, they've and improved this, it a little bit. They've kind of figured out how to shoot on digital. Okay, better. so they they save Palpatine. They get out with their yeah. lives. They go back to the city planet. Coruscant, of course. And uh, they meet up with Mace Windu, and that's that was immediately when I was like, "Ooh, this looks bad." Yeah. Um, but it, I will agree that it looks better, but still bad. It, it but looks I know it's, it's infinitely aged. better than Attack of the Clones. It looks very weird, though. It's just like yeah. the design alone is just not, it's just uninteresting. I don't like it. I, I think, like, sometimes when it comes to sci fi things, well, I don't even know if this is true, but so, sometimes it's like with sci fi, it's like what's, it's, it's kind of fun because it's like predicting the future of styles and everything. I feel like often it's like, it's well, it's going to be clean and it's going to be sleek. And it's like, that's boring to look at. It can't be, yeah. But I know that this is like a city planet that's very, I'm assuming, evolved and everything, so. Yeah, I did, now that you bring it up, I did notice like the Jedi Temple and a, a lot of the sets in Coruscant, don't, they just don't have much to look at in the background. I think I just don't like the design of it. And it's yeah. a, like, subjectively, I don't. Um, I mean, I feel like that's part of why when they cut to them on the Tantive Four, which is the ship that's at the beginning of A New Hope, when they cut to those white hallways. Oh, it looks so much more interesting. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's that's how this should look. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that looks good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But, um, okay, so they they relay information to Mace Windu, but doesn't Mace Windu also tell them stuff? Yeah, they're telling everybody stuff about Kay. stuff. But Anakin meets up with Leia. Yeah. And Leia. No, uh, Padme. Padme. And she tells him. She's pregnant. Yeah, she peed on the stick. And it did the positive. Okay. Is that bad? No, I just, it's weird to say that for some reason. And that's how it works, I don't right? Like it. I don't like it. I mean, they probably have robots that scan them. Let's not talk about how we find out we're pregnant in this world. Okay. I um, mean, just, I'm, hey, just saying, man. Okay. <laughs> anyway, General Grievous goes and hides on Utapau. Yep. Uh, so the, the big goal is they need to find him. They find him. They take him down. They win the war. Yeah. That's pretty clear. That's clear. It couldn't be clearer Thank for you. once. Thank you. Um, and my next note on here is, man, George is so bad at dialogue. <laughs> he sucks, man. It's really crazy. It, it's crazy, too, because A New Hope doesn't feel like the dialogue is bad, and American Graffiti really doesn't feel like the dialogue is bad. But these three movies, man. And I don't remember the dialogue in THX. I think it's probably very simple because that's it's a very cold movie but oh man it just doesn't feel like he he ever truly had a grasp on some characters yeah well i i this to me just really reeks of if only he could have gotten someone like lawrence kasdan to co-write this trilogy of movies even that and george still directs I think the movies are going to be 40% better. Uh -huh. And then if if you throw into him just producing, editing, doing what he did on Empire and Return of the Jedi, and not directing these three movies, and having co-writers, I think they have a chance at being go as good as Return of the Jedi. Okay. Not, not as good as the first two movies, but mm -hmm. I think they could be as good as Return of the Jedi. Just someone telling him, like, that's a bad idea mm -hmm. or like that doesn't make sense mm -hmm. but that and that's the other thing you and i talk about this so much with like uh any type of artist like musicians sometimes like when they get to the very top 
Like we've talked about this with John Mayer. Uh-huh. Uh, love John Mayer. You're welcome on the podcast. Would love to play guitar with you and write music. But he got to this point where it felt like he had nothing else to say. He had nothing else to say. And I have liked his last couple of, or I've liked his last album, but it still feels like the importance is kind of gone because he, it feels like there's not a, like an artistic struggle anymore. Yeah. Which always kind of freaks me out as an artist because it's, there's this feeling of, I would love to get to a point where I can do all of this stuff full time and not even worry about money or anything like that. But if I do that, will I then not write good music? Yeah. And you don't know until you're there. I know. Well, that's just kind of a lot of band biopics too. Yeah. You're throwing in the drugs and alcohol addictions. Right. But I mean, I definitely like to avoid those things. Yes. <laughs> but that, that's what we've talked a lot about with Tim Burton too, where some of his worst stuff is now is his more recent mm-hmm. things. And it's as if like giving him the keys of the kingdom with no limitations was, did not work for him. Also same yeah. with M night Shyamalan, uh, that he's even, I think, admitted it. No, he has. He has. Because he's like, I, he got to a point where he's like, I got to take out a second mortgage on my home so that I have some stakes. See our series, the the Passenger... Uh, huh? The, the Split series. The yeah. Unbreakable Split Glass series that we did last year. Where we, yeah, we talk about how he had to put restraints on himself. Yeah. In order to make good movies again. Yeah. And now he's made three great movies in a row. Yeah, four. Well, oh yeah, Unbreakable was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, Split, Glass, and Old. Yeah. Um, and he's probably gonna make some more great ones because he he has a new artistic like vision. So mm-hmm. I I guess he's an example of if you do lose it, you can get it back sometimes. Yeah, but it it, it is just nuts. Like to like in film, you know, like if you look about look at look at someone like John Carpenter. Mm-hmm who he gets out of the gate and he just starts making masterpiece after masterpiece. And then he hits this point where... Some real duds. uh, And they're like dud duds. They're like bad, bad movies. And and I don't know that it's him having no bearings on storytelling. It's like like he lost the magic. Yeah. Like he lost the pick of destiny. Yeah. You know, he he can't do it anymore. I mean, I'd love for him to come out of retirement and make another movie, but... I always think he's dead. Why do I always think he's dead? Yeah, he's still around and I, playing I Xbox all the time. That. He's a huge gamer. Um, make a movie about a video game. <laughs> well, and I, I still contend, because this is George Lucas's last movie. Yeah. He has not made another movie. Um, we're getting close to 20 years since he made a movie. And I think that's really sad. Yeah. Because he can do whatever he wants. And I just wish he would do what Francis Ford Coppola is doing, where Francis Ford Coppola has built this wine empire, and he said, I have enough money now that I can self-finance my own movies, which is something he's always wanted to do. And he goes, I'm going to make one more movie, and if no studio wants to back it, I don't care because I can can back it, Mm -hmm. which is what he's always strived for. So it's like there's this path where it's like George Lucas gets all of it, and then he goes, okay, I'm done. And Francis doesn't get all of it and is rubbed against the studios his whole life. And then he's like, I finally got it, and I'm going to take that shot. And then you just have Steven Spielberg, who's done pretty great the whole time. <laughs> right. It, it's, it is so fascinating. It's crazy. Everyone needs to read the book that we have re- referenced a million times. Yeah. But uh, Raging Bull, or uh, Easy Rider's Raging Bull. Yeah. 
What's crazy in that book... And Scorsese, too. He's under that umbrella. Like, he's just... He's... But he's still... Consistent. I would consider him a struggling artist still. That's true. That's true. Every movie he makes, it is like a five-year... Like, he has to... It feels like, from someone who's a fan and keeps up with him, he has to get on his knees to studios every time and be like, please, this movie, Irishman, is going to have Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Harvey, Harvey Keitel... Keitel. Like, all these people, can you please let me make it? And they're like, ah, you can make it on Netflix, and we'll give it, like, three days in the theaters, but we don't want to, like, distribute this movie. Or with Silence, which is a movie that was oh. obviously so personal to him. Had a, a beautiful, hardly came beautiful out in movie. Too. Yeah. Um, what's crazy with Spielberg, though, and then we'll get back to Star Wars, is I there's been this crazy shift on him and and people's views of Spielberg because in that book that we talk about he is so disparaging of Spielberg and yeah. he he's basically like here's a guy who came into the Hollywood worked within their system made hit movies and ruined Hollywood yeah and that is how a lot of people have viewed Spielberg yeah makes hits and he sucks yeah <laughs> because he's not a true artist but now he's made all these like historical movies these very personal movies mm -hmm. in his last like twenty years. And now, I, like with the whole West Side Story thing, everyone on Twitter and all the people who saw West Side Story, everyone's flipped. And yeah. they're like, he is one of the true auteurs and one of the greatest American filmmakers. Yeah. And I'm glad that... But he still he still has time and fun making uh, ro uh, Ready Player One, mm -hmm. which is just a straight up, straight up blockbuster. Yeah. I'm just glad that like the, the film criticism of him has like caught up to him, I think. Sure. Um and part of that too is probably the people who, like us who grew up watching his movies are older now and we're like, yeah, he ruined cinema, I guess, with like ten of my favorite movies. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, he didn't. I yeah. love those, you know. Anyway, so Palpatine um Palpatine tells Anakin that he is going to suggest that they make him a Jedi Master to the Council. Yep. Yeah. And we're starting to get into some weeds of Jedi stuff that I just don't get. And there's no like time it. to... Ex you like it? I like it. Why? I Again, as with a lot of the stuff in these movies, I like the idea of it. The execution is poor. Okay. But this idea where Palpatine is trying to establish a spy in the council. And then the council's like, you can be on the council, but you can't be a master. It'll be the first time that ever happens, which puts him in a position where he's angry at the Jedi, but he's also supposed to be helpful. And then they're both trying to get him to spy. I like that story-wise. I just don't think I ever have gotten on board with the Jedi stuff in, this pre in the prequels <laughs> yeah. the whole time. And I think it's because I like it so much more in four through six and seven through nine it's just way more interesting to me that it's a mystical magical thing yeah and then in these movies they're they but it's like fine i get it i get what he's doing and i don't even think it's like inherently bad or anything it's yeah. interesting but it's also like i said at the beginning of this episode it's just like jedi suck they're yeah. just duds in well, these and movies once again what kind of fixes it for me is i do like to imagine like if we're it, imagine that 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 the force is like the the christian faith as an allegory uh -huh. of course um 
And like this is the time where like Catholics ruled all. Uh-huh. And they made some weird decisions. And like Qui-Gon Jinn is like, I'm making this connection now. He's kind of like a Martin Luther King where he's like Martin Luther. Martin Luther. He's like, this is not you guys aren't doing this totally right. Yeah. The church disseminates and then there's other movements that are maybe more close to the teachings of Jesus okay. that happen after. Now, of course, I'm not comparing the force. I know, yeah. But that's how I kind of like to look at it, as a kind of a broken... But I think what doesn't t- completely translate, obviously, because it's it's just an example, uh-huh. I just don't quite understand what the Jedi affect in this government that they have all elected to make a dictatorship for a small period of time. Well, and they, they don't even vote. Like, they're not in the Senate or anything. That, then why would they have anything to do with what's going on? Well, I, th- I think they're kind of like the they're kind of like just like police officers of the galactic senate in a way yeah i don't know lame that's so lame it it is i mean it is it is lame and and the things i'm saying i don't believe that those are apparent in the movie no and i think what also this movie and i did we already say this we probably did Uh it's just like a it's just a bummer that anakin from movie one is like this chosen one yeah. And, and he's going to do great things. And he's told that since being a child, which I think is interesting because it's kind of created a, a spoiled kid who's told that he's so great. And now we're at this movie where no one trusts him. And it is posited like, but I thought he was the chosen one. So yeah. shouldn't we trust him? And it's like, that is all such interesting stuff. I don't think it's executed well at all. No, no. And it's such a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it would be great if the prophecy thing just wasn't in the series. I agree, but I, what I do like about the prophecy thing is at the end of this movie, when his legs are cut off and he is burning alive, and uh, Ben Obi Wan is like, "You were supposed to be the chosen one." I like that stuff because it's yeah. kind of flipping it on its head. Yeah, and it's almost like it's almost like that that was never a thing. Right. Well, I always viewed it as Luke is actually the chosen one. Sure, it's like the lineage. Yeah. Um, but even that, I mean, that takes away some of the mysticism that mm-hmm. involves Luke just being a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the whole mini. But he stopped being debate. a guy when he found out that Darth Vader was his dad. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, so then there is the Cirque du Soleil scene where Palpatine has Anakin come into this like weird bubble circus that's going on, mm-hmm. and he has this really long discussion about death. Mm-hmm. Because Anakin is having these visions of Padme dying in childbirth. In childbirth. Now, during this, it's it's a okay scene. You gotta rewatch it though, and watch how many times Ian McDormand turns dramatically to Anakin and is like, "Death," <laughs> and then turns back, and then later he's like, "In his sleep, he yeah, killed him." He does it like seven it's times. Weird. In the conversation. I feel like I feel like they should. I almost wish that they were at dinner instead. Like, you know, one like of, one looking of the, across from each other. Well, just that they had something to do with their hands. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. like what, one of the the best scenes in Inglorious Bastards is when Christoph Waltz is eating the cream puff in front of Shoshana. Yeah, and, oh, and yeah, it's yeah. like it is so that the the tension is so high, but it, it's so interesting because it's he's so casual about it. Right. And so it's like, but they had something to do. They were, there was distractions. There was so much going on beyond just the words that were being said. This right. is just 
they're sitting and not really watching this bubble thing. Right. It's fine. So we're gonna talk about Quentin Tarantino now. Or <laughs> just kidding. And and in this scene, uh, and no, I, but I will say I like the stuff that he talks about. Yeah, he says that there's this guy named Darth Plagueis who learned how to Lame conquer name. death. Yeah, I guess you're right. It is. I I've think, always kind of liked it, but now that you mention it, well, it's just funny that it's like we have Darth Vader, we have Darth Maul. Those those are, those sound great to me. Those sound fine. Yeah. Uh, but then we have Darth Sidious. Okay, so he's Insidious. I get it. Uh huh. Just kind of a lazy way to come up with another name, and then we have Darth Darth Plagueis. Plague, really? We couldn't come up with something better than that. I guess not. That's how I feel. Uh, but yeah. So that they they talk about that, and then they talk about how Plagueis learned how to create life and as prevent well as, death. Yeah. And then his student. He made the mistake him. of teaching his student everything. Yeah. And I, I, I've always took that as the emperor is his student. Which I never have, but I like that. Yeah, I'm assuming, and if I'm wrong and they've cleared that up in the canon, they mess that up. Yeah. And I don't want to hear about it, because that's what I believe happened. Yeah. Um. So this, of course, makes Anakin realize, I can stop death with the power of the dark side. Yep. And is this when he admits he's a Sith? No. No, he does that later? Yep. So then, oh, then we cut to the attack on Kashyyyk. The Wookiee planet. Okay, yeah. Yoda's there. Yoda's there. Chewbacca's there. Uh-huh. Although we only see him in the one shot at the end, right? I think so. Um, This is one of those things where it's like, this movie's so jam-packed, there's kind of no purpose for Yoda being here except for they, you to go, there's Wookiees. That, that planet's just being attacked because it's part of the Senate government sure. or something? Okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, Yoda's there like the whole time. Yeah. But so, okay, yeah, keep going. What happens next? So then Kenobi goes to Utapau. Yep. And he is greeted by Bruce Campbell. Campbell. Who has got, as usual, the coolest freaking makeup and the coolest freaking teeth. Yeah. These aliens are weird looking. And are they like native to this planet? I, well, I don't know about that. Because if they are, it's so interesting if they're natives of this planet that seems to be like jungle and like so full of life, but they're like pale, like cave dweller looking creatures. Then I think they would be native because they're obviously living in a cave. It's cool. I love it's, it. It's amazing. It's an amazing design. And it's cool. If you are unfamiliar with who Bruce Campbell is. We've talked about him. In the first year of our podcast. We've also mentioned them in Lord, him in Lord of the Rings, though. Yes, in the second year of our podcast. Okay. <laughs> but he is, I, I just love the guy so much. We got to talk about yeah. him a little bit further. He is um, in the Mad Max movies, Mad Max 2 and 3. Mm -hmm. So he's in a, a third movie. Um, and then he is in Return of the King as the Mouth of Sauron, the third Ex movie. An extended scene. Extended. He's in the Matrix Res Revolutions as the Train Man, a third movie. He is in Revenge of the Sith, a third movie. Mm -hmm. the guys in thirds you gotta put him in mm -hmm. what a fantastic career to have he's so good and he is also one he of the pirates of the caribbean i don't think he is hmm. that seems like a oversight big oversight yeah he, uh, would, he would thrive in that oh, world man. being one of davy jones crew crew members he should have been uh davy uh, uh orlando bloom's dad he should have been uh yeah uh, bootstrap sure. bill yeah although scars is good in that he is great in that uh, but he 
is also in Finding Nemo as one of the sharks. Yep, he is Bruce. Yeah, and we we covered that on our Patreon. You just have to go back and listen Hot to it. Hot diggity dog. And if we get to 50, when, not if, when we get to 50 patrons, we're going to cover the rest of Pixar. So sign up, get bonus episodes. You know how where to go. It's in the episode notes. Micah McCaw, patreon.com slash Micah McCaw. Get music too. Only $3 a month. Let's go. So he goes to Utapau. I, I love, so he, he arrives, he says, he states his purpose. And I love that the Brewster guy yeah. like steps Campbell. up to him you did what i did oh yeah yeah bruce campbell sets up to him whispers we're being held hostage yeah that's I, a I good love touch that. it's I a great touch that. and then i love the Utapau stuff is cool the Utapau this... stuff is awesome the Utapau stuff but, is great uh obi-wan's like i'll take care of it and then they start walking away and his friend bruce campbell's friend is like is he gonna do something about it he didn't say yeah <laughs> and so obi-wan finds general grievous attacks him mm-hmm. he gets on a lizard feather creature that goes it makes like the coolest sounds As i've ever kid, heard cinema could not have gotten better I mean, we have Lord of the Rings at this point, but it's just like as a kid, I'm like, I'm living at the best time ever here's the thing we've complained a lot about this movie. It all goes away when I see that lizard feather <laughs> I know, creature because that thing is They're like the so coolest cool. design. And it sounds amazing. And I love how it moves. Mm-hmm. Everything about it is 11 out of 10. Mm-hmm. It's worth the price of admission alone. It's like alone. Fantastic Beast's second movie with the lion thing. It's like, if this whole movie if this whole movie exists just for this creature, that's yeah. fine. I'm fine with that. And you know what I noticed the last time I saw the trailer for the movie that we're going to see tomorrow night? Yeah. Secrets of Dumbledore. That did excite me. Is that little mole creature is in the movie. He's in, a, he's in every movie. I forgot about him and don't remember the plots of one and two and so when i saw him in the trailer i was like oh at least see that guy remember he's a is he a nimbler or something he he like steals things he's like a klepto he's cool yeah so i i think we'll get at least one creature that's fantastic i would hope that's new i hope we get more than one because it's plural yeah yeah but anyway yeah by now that was two or three months ago when you heard that episode So they're like, I mean, I've brought up that we brought I up know, series I know. every episode I in know. this series, and people are like, "Come on!" We're just like so dreading seeing that movie yeah. that that I think we just can't help but bring it up. But it's also, yeah, whatever. Let's stop talking about it. Yeah, we're about to talk about it a lot tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Um. So all of that happens. He fights General Grievous. General Grievous uh, has fought other. Um. Uh. He he like knows the ways of lightsaber dueling. Yeah. And he, and he does, has one, two, three, four lightsabers. Yes. Yes. Crazy. And four arms. What do you think of this fight? I think this fight is cool. Did you remember that it was cut halfway through? That we cut away from it halfway through? Because I don't remember that. No, I did not remember that. And it, it, it makes sense when we come back to it because it's like finishing it up. But it was a little jarring. Yeah. I, I do think as cool as General Grievous looks, again, it's like, why isn't this just Count Dooku? Oh, so it's yeah. like a character that we know because it's like General Grievous is introduced and then he's killed in the first hour of the movie. And it's just kind of, it's a little bit of a hat on a hat. Like yeah. it feels like they just had to check box like new interesting looking character. Yeah. And it, it, I don't think he does much for the story that Count Dooku couldn't have done in the same place. No, no, yeah, no way. Um, Just, yeah, don't have count dooku killed at the beginning and have him do all this 
yeah, I don't know. Uh, it needs a rewrite. I'll t- hey, I'll be the first one to say these movies need a rewrite. Wow, you have I'm so the, brave. The guts you have. <laughs> but he does do the cool lightsaber where it's like a windmill uh-huh. and it's cutting up, and then Obi Wan just sticks his lightsaber in there and he stops using that attack. Oh well, I know, that's it's, fine. It is one of those funny things where it's like he has four lightsabers. This guy has one. Let's yeah. see what he can do. And then it's like. Oh, so he's gonna like use two of them at once, and the other two are just at bay, like waiting to be used. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's it's a classic like martial arts where a whole yeah, group yeah. of people are around someone and just one at a time fight them. Yeah, it's like oh, oh. oh. okay, <laughs> it's one of those. But they do that. Um, we do discover at some point that the commander of the army's name is Cody, which I think is very <laughs> silly. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I'm gonna have to cut that one down. Big peak. It's a funny name. Uh, and then. Palpatine reveals himself to Anakin. Yes, this is when he reveals himself as the Sith. And by this point, watching it last night, I'm like, okay, this this movie's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And then this scene happens. He reveals himself and he says, join me, join the galaxy, whatever. Let's do this. And Anakin runs to the Jedi Council and he tells Mace Windu. And Mace Windu comes over and they're like, you're under arrest. Mace Windu, Kit Fisto, and then someone that I don't know their name. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like, arrest. And he tells him, stop. Like, Anakin, don't come in here. Mm-hmm. You're going to mess things up. Which, I mean, he reported him. Let him come with you and back up potentially a Sith Lord. Mm-hmm. But I understand the decision to do that. Mm-hmm. He comes in, and I'm going to say a huge statement. Again, Jordan, hold me back. I think that this scene is the worst scene in all of Star Wars. Mm. Why? Um, I think it's really silly. The Palpatine fight is so silly. Mm-hmm. And the way he kills Kit Fisto and the girl is... is like, like without even trying? It's just like... And then they just kind of fall over like... <gasps> yeah. Um, And then all of the character stuff makes zero sense. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I'm trying to like gather my thoughts. Do you have anything to say before I really start? I also think it it's thick? silly. I agree with that. He does this twisty jump. Yep. Um, and yeah, okay. So Mace Windu basically has him, mm-hmm. and the Emperor Palpatine starts electrocuting at him. Mm-hmm. And then Anakin walks in the room. Mace Windu was using his lightsaber to block it. Yeah, and. As Palpatine is blocking the electricity, it is coming back and it is hitting his face, which is morphing his face, Mm -hmm. giving him electricity burns and making him look the way he looked in the trilogy. The first trilogy, yeah. (sighs) Jordan, do you want to cover some of this before I... No. uh, Of the face? This is your thing. Okay. While I agree with you, this is your thing. Okay. So no one in the world... Ever, ever. I, I'll just say that. No one ever watched Return of the Jedi and thought to themselves, this guy who is ultimate evil, I wonder how he looks like that. When this is a world filled with creatures and characters that is uh, that we are not told how or what they are and why they look that way. No. So for some reason, George feels the need to explain his facial scarring. And it's a bummer because I always remembered it as he morphed that way because he like, it's like 
evil outward. Like that's what I use. I remember him using lightning and everything in the scene. And like, it was as if that act, uh, made him this way. Yeah. But it was just the lightning being shot back at him did it. And it's like, and I think you said this, we were watching, like he could just stop using the lightning. Cause as he's doing it, he's like saying to Anakin, like kill him. I can't hold any longer. And it's like, why are you holding it all? And I know that he's trying to tempt Anakin. Yeah. I, I understand that that's why he's still doing it, but he's killing himself when he could just stop electrocuting himself. And just figure out another way. Yeah. And so I think that part is silly, but I think that this is the prequel problem. Just because there is a detail that exists in your world does not mean that it needs to be explained. Mm-hmm. No one would have batted an eye if this movie ended with him in his hood, unscarred, and then you watch the movies and he's all scarred. Mm -hmm. I never even thought that they were scars. I thought it was just this like old, crazy-looking man, Mm -hmm. like you said, outward evil. Mm -hmm. And I remember even seeing this in theaters and watching it at home and stuff and always being like, I think I even tracked how bad the CG was that young and, and was always like, I don't get why that had to happen, but I didn't have the tools to understand why I didn't like that. Yeah. And I I just think it takes away a lot of the Emperor, and this is like the dramatic turn for Darth Vader, and it doesn't work at all. Yeah. I think it's the worst scene in Star Wars. Yeah, it's pretty bad. In a series that has Maz Kanata, this is the worst scene. Yeah. And I really, I really hate it. Did I explain my point well there? I think you did. And then it's just lame. Is it Anakin that shoots Mace Windu out the window? Well. Or is it the Emperor? Then, then Mace, like, he stops. And then Anakin says, hey, due process. We need to get, get him to trial. And Mace says, no. Mace wants to kill him. Which doesn't make sense. If no. he is Like, based on what I am led to believe about that character, which I know we don't get a lot of screen time with him, but he seems pretty by the numbers and, like, one with Jedi stuff. I don't think it makes any sense that he would he would want to strike down this man that's cowering in front of him. Yeah. And, and then uh, Anakin justifiably, rightly says, don't do that. Like, he deserves to stand trial. And then he stops, and then... Palpatine shoots him out of the window with his electricity. And then this is when Anakin is like, I will serve you. I choose the dark side. Yeah. And he says, I will call you Darth Vader. Yeah. Now, another thing that's funny is just the the makeup job on him. It just looks like he has a huge butt on his head. I know. Yeah. Just a huge flat, flabby butt. Yeah. Um, So it just looks bad. I don't like looking at it. It's, it's bad. Mm-hmm. But here's what's funny is this is the demarcation point. The rest of the movie's good, (laughs) I think. (laughs) That first half of it, though, is just like so atrocious. I think it's worse than two and one. Mm -hmm. But then the rest of the movie's good and makes it at least better than two. Oh, man, you know what's so frustrating, too, is like, so Anakin goes to the lava planet Uh shortly after this. And Obi-Wan is with Yoda and Yoda orders him to go take care of Anakin. And Obi-Wan is like, which he tells him to kill him, by the way. Yoda orders him to take care of it, which doesn't make sense. And then Obi-Wan's like, I can't kill him. He's he's like my brother. But he does it because he's ordered to do it. But before he does, he has to like figure out where he is, all this stuff. He goes to where him and Padme are. 
which like he seems to be the only one that well he, this is when he finds out like she's pregnant and then he asks her if it's anakin's all this yeah. stuff but like i like that scene i think that's a nice yeah, scene but, like, with him he tells her he tells her what he oh this is after the order 66 i think too yeah but he tells her what he did and like what's happening and it's like so you're telling me this woman who was a queen of an entire planet who is now like a senator of something uh-huh. is just sitting at home being pregnant, not doing anything. And her <laughs> yeah. whole role is like, Anakin, I want you to be honest with me. <laughs> yeah. And he's not being honest with her. And then we just don't see her do anything. She does nothing but yeah. give birth. She does yeah. nothing but what women are designed to do. It is, it, it just she like. She put up air quotes, guys. Uh, it, it made me more upset than it, than I thought it would. Yeah. You know, because it's just like, I know these movies are old now, like 20 years old. Yeah, but they have Princess Leia older. That's I, Well, that's what's so frustrating about it. It's like, you've done better. I know that you've done better with <laughs> right, this. Right, right, right. Uh, like, you obviously just, like, d- d- got to the third movie, and it's like, I don't really have anything for Padme other than she obviously has to bear Luke and Leia. Yeah. That's really all she does at this point. And I, I know that th- it's a, a trilogy about Anakin. I know, mm-hmm. but obviously what's driv- what drove him this way is Padme the whole time. Yeah. And we just get her whining and ha- being <laughs> pregnant. Yeah. When she is like a royal queen at uh-huh. some point. But it's she, such she, a bummer. She didn't get reelected in her, in her, she was like George Washington. They wanted her to serve a third term, but she wouldn't do it. Remember they said that in, in Attack of the Clothes? <laughs> so dumb. Where it was like, I hate wait, it. so Naboo's government is the same as the US's? <laughs> yeah. Like you're not just queen until you die. <laughs> okay. Um so then Order 66 is executed. Execute Order 66. I like this development. Which is kill all Jedi. Yeah. And we have this montage uh where they kill all these Jedi, Yoda is able to not get killed, mm-hmm. and the, now they're stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that development. I think it's cool. I don't understand how it works. Mm-hmm. Is it a genetic coding, or is it just an order they have, and they're willing to just do that? Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that works, uh, and that's not explained in the movie. I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. But also, it is kind of like, what? Yeah. But as a story development, it's cool because, you know, you as the viewer, you're like, how in the world? Are, it, what, how, when did Jedi become not well, a thing? It's it's similar to a perfect prequel, uh, Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. prequel to um, Breaking, Bad. Breaking Bad. In the first episode, our, our character Saul Goodman comes in and they're like, hey, Jimmy McGill. And you're like, his name's Jimmy McGill? I thought his name was Saul Goodman. How does this work? Mm-hmm. And so we the, went through five seasons of another show and he's Paul or Saul Goodman. Yeah. And so I like that on the level of like you're sitting there and your expectation is like, but they're stormtroopers. How are they the good guys? How are they ever going to yeah. be the bad guys? Yeah. And then when they become the bad guys, it's, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, now it's happening. Um, But you had mentioned it is a little, it is lame that like this order sixty six is decreed, and I understand that like in war places, Jedi and stormtroopers are fighting alongside each other, and out of nowhere they just start killing them. But it is like none of them in all of their training can fight back. Yeah, not not one. 
Well, and I think it hurts too that we've seen how disposable stormtroopers are in four, five, and mm-hmm. six. And I think by that Among point, the most disposable and bad aim, yeah, things and and movie history. And I I think also, which is not discussed in the movies, so I don't think you have like we can be a little upset by this. I believe the stormtroopers in four, five, and six are recruited, and they are no longer clones. But what what happened? Okay, okay, yeah. I believe that Which is the case. Which would explain why Finn is a stormtrooper. Yeah, and they actually explain the Finn one in the well, movie. He was bred to be one. No, they. We'll, always, we'll get to it. it. But yeah, they actually explain him. Okay, and they kind of explain what they've been doing with stormtroopers. Okay. It's like the first. Well, I guess these movies explain them, but yeah. Anyway, because okay. I I thought until Force Awakens, I always thought they were all clones, always. And then I think I did too. And then I found out that they are not. Yeah. Uh, but at this time, they are. Yeah. Anyway, it's confusing. Uh, but, yeah, then Anakin, or, or, yeah, the Jedi are all killed, and it's, I understand that part of it is it's a montage, and they just need to show them all get killed. Mm-hmm. But it is like, only Obi-Wan and Yoda survive this? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And Bail Organa survives this? Mm-hmm. And he's not a Jedi? That's crazy. You know? Yeah. Um, but then Anakin goes to the temple and kills all of the Jedi there, the younglings, younglings. which is an intense scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the rare moments of actual intensity in this movie. Because mm-hmm. one thing I noted is the first hour and a half of this movie, all the action has no tension in it at all. To yeah, me. yeah. It's like problem solution, problem solution. There's no ticking time bomb to mm-hmm. anything. Uh, but that scene, you know, he walks in, he looks bad and the kid stands up and he's like, Master Anakin, what are we going to do? Or something like that. And then he just, his lightsaber comes out and the the way the kid jumps back really, I don't like Mm -hmm. in a good way. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's sad. Yeah. And then Yoda leaves Kashyyyk in his little E.T. Like in the scene that's very reminiscent of E.T. where he's like, I'm right here to Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. And they fly away. And then Palpatine proclaims that now it is an empire and the Jedi have fallen who have attacked me and tried to assassinate me. And now it's an empire. And everyone's like, woohoo. Mm-hmm. And Padme does say a great line mm-hmm. where she says, so this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause. Yeah. I love that. I'm glad that as someone who's still in the Senate and these meetings, hearing these things, just observes and doesn't do anything. Well, that's how it dies, with thunderous applause, but my dear boy. she doesn't do anything. Yeah, I know. <sighs> um, we go to the lava planet. Obi-Wan goes, finds Anakin. Padme comes with him. Padme comes off the ship first. And Anakin is like, you're with him. Like, you're... Uh, you don't believe me. You don't trust me anymore. Yeah. You're on their side. He starts choking her, a uh, force choke. Yeah. Uh, but then Obi Wan comes out. He lets go of Padme, and then Obi Wan and Anakin start fighting. Yes. Uh, prior to that, Yoda fights the Emperor in the Senate chamber. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, if if I think it's kind of intercut with the Anakin and um Obi Wan fight scene for a little bit. Okay. And then it's res- it's resolved. Yoda gets away. Yeah. Um he he goes all die hard in the vents. Okay, yeah, and there's another thing that I just don't quite remember. Anakin gets to this lava planet and he uh, pa- Palpatine orders him to kill everyone there. 
Yeah. Oh, yes. So this is like the separatists, like, la- like these are the last guys on the separatist army. So he kills all of them. So now it's like, okay, the separatist army is done okay. and over. Okay. And they've been defeated, even though the emperor was behind it the whole time. Yeah. That's we, where it gets. We've talked about it too much. Like, I can't think about it anymore. Yeah. It's, it's dicey because at the same time, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like he just should have never been a part of the Separatist army. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Because he would then want to use all those resources in his empire. Yeah. But he doesn't. Uh, but anyway, he's on Mustafar. Like you said, they get there. Everybody's there. Obi-Wan and Anakin fight. This is a pretty good sequence. Mm-hmm. I don't. Th- I don't think this is as good as the lightsaber duel in Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not quite as emotion. Well, this it becomes emotional. It is actually very emotional, but I just think like the emotion of the camera movements and the lighting and the coloring and stuff is just not quite the same as that Darth Maul sequence that is just mm-hmm. breathtaking. Um, so there are cool droids that like pick up the lava that they jump on. Mm-hmm. There's a lava waterfall. The lava looks incredible. Mm-hmm. And then they end up on a bank, and yeah. um, Obi-Wan slices off Anakin's legs. I have the high ground. Don't even try it. And he tried, and he failed. Yeah. And uh, he's sliding toward the lava, towards the lava and catches on fire. Before he touches the Before lava. Before he touches the lava. Unlike Jurassic Park Fallen World. Mm-hmm. Jurassic World Fallen, Fallen Kingdom. Um. And there, so he, we're seeing he catches on fire, and he is like, his whole entire body is burned. He's missing his legs. His other arm is cut off. Like he is um, grotesque now, as what we as what we see in the original. Oh, he looks gnarly. Yeah, I'm glad that they went all the way. Yeah, with it. And Obi Wan says, "I have failed you, Anakin." Oh, I I love you the were stuff the that Obi Wan says. I love this. This is this is where Ewan like really this does. This might be my favorite great. part out of all of it. Yeah, I think story wise, uh, except for an asterisk I'm going to put, I would agree with you. But okay. keep keep talking about it. But yeah, like what him saying that he's failed him. You were like a brother to me. Yeah, and you were supposed to be the chosen one. You just the, yeah, Ewan's great there. He really is, yeah. And he leaves him. And it is like, he was ordered to kill him. Yeah. Which I still think is weird. Uh, but he doesn't do it. I mean, yeah. I think you, I think it's like, I'm not going to save him. That is me fulfilling the order. You know what I mean? And so he leaves. Th- this is where, like the lightning scene, I just think it doesn't work for me. That Obi-Wan just leaves him to die. Okay, yeah. I, I just think it's really out of character for Obi-Wan I, I, and the Jedi. I will agree with that because I feel like Obi-Wan is much like Luke was with Darth Vader. Yeah. And was like, you know, Luke is like, I am not going to kill him. I'm going there. I believe they're still good. I feel the good within him. And I think that they could have done the whole Obi-Wan leaving Anakin well. And it, like, like, he did it because he truly felt like there was nothing else he could do, but he couldn't still kill him. But like, then we go to the original trilogy and he would say, I'm trying to to formulate it, but it would kind of involve a rewrite. Yeah. But it's like acknowledging that Luke did what Obi-Wan couldn't do. Yeah. Luke 
stuck it out to find the good that he felt within Anakin when Obi-Wan wanted to and tried to, but it has a, has a moment of like, I don't know if there is anything there. Like he has doubt. Yeah. Does that I, make I, sense? It does. I, I, I just think that there should have been an attempt to save him. That is, that is, that is failed. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Like, like, the, oh, the emperor shows up and knocks him out or something. I, I don't know how you would do it exactly, mm-hmm. but like, or or maybe maybe Anakin like pushes himself off of Obi Wan, and and like really truly prevents Obi Wan from helping. But it just feels so weird to me that Obi Wan's like, "Hey, I love you. Okay, peace out." Yeah. Like I'm gonna leave you to die this horrible, painful death. Yeah. You were like a brother to me. All right, have fun burning alive right now. Yeah. Might take a few minutes, whatever. Yeah, I agree with you. It just really, story-wise, I get it, but it that that scene, too, has, even as a kid, I'm always like, why did he do that? Mm-hmm. I, it just ne- it never rung true to me that Obi-Wan would do that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. But then um, we find out that Padme has is perfectly healthy to have her twins, but she has lost the will to live, and that's why she dies. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. She gives birth. She gives birth to twins. Now, this is when something really funny happened to us in our real life as we were watching the movie. Our dog, Gilmore, he was sitting on the couch with us, and he has never barked that we have ever heard since we've had him. But it's intercutting between the Emperor turning Anakin into the Darth Vader suit. Love the sequence. It, great. Really great sequence. And then also Luke and Leia are being I, Yeah, and I, I love the, the the cutting in and out. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's some good George Lucas editing there. Yeah, that's you know? like, you're giving me what I want, finally. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then all of a sudden, Gilmore looks up at the TV and he just starts watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Straight up watching the movie, which is Animals watching TV is so funny, mm-hmm. but he's watching it and it kind of distracts Jordan and I, and we're just looking at him as he's watching. And then I think Luke is born, but it, it was closely after we had seen the helmet is putting, being put on to Darth Vader and he issues a single bark. He barked. And I, I think technically he barked at one of the babies being born. Cause you even made a comment like, "Uh Oh, he's barking at a baby. But Oh yeah, that's right. But I think it was right after the helmet. So it's like, are you telling me that the Darth Vader design is so good that even an animal recognizes that it's evil? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey. Hey, woof. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it was kind of a cute, it was like an old man bark, it even was. though he's only six years old. So that was amazing. It was great. It was really funny. Yeah. I hope he does it more. Not barking a lot at the TV, but watching the TV. Well, maybe by now this episode will be out on our Patreon, but we are doing a, a, a watch along with the holiday special, like I said, and he'll probably be on the couch with us. And so maybe you will see him watching, you know, the scene where Lumpy's watching, uh, I think Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it Is might it not Tina Turner. No, it's not Tina Turner, but, um, Whitney Houston. I don't think it's no. her. Um, but an, yeah. like an R and B singer yeah. singing and kind of like talking to him in a sexual way. And maybe that'll get, uh, <laughs> maybe that'll get Gilmore to bark <laughs> again. Um, anyway, 
But uh, then the babies get taken to... Organa takes Leia. Leia. They always wanted a baby girl. I like that. Yeah. And then Luke gets taken to Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru. Yep. Now, in the previous episode, I complained a lot about how it doesn't really make sense that he would hide them with the aunt and uncle. I'd like to revise that. I think it does make sense Mm -hmm. because Darth Vader actually doesn't know that the babies were born Mm -hmm. because the emperor says Padme died in childbirth. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and that's when he issues his, no! Yeah. Um, So I take that back. Mm -hmm. I think it does make sense, Mm -hmm. which I'm happy about because I don't want to dislike any of these movies. (laughs) (laughs) And then we see the shadows of the Death Star being built. Where? in the background as the Emperor and Darth Vader are looking out into space. Okay. The Death Star's in the background. Okay. In construction. I just don't remember. Yeah. But then the last shot is Uncle Owen and Aunt... Peru. Peru. Or maybe Baru. I think it's Peru, Holding... Luke. Baby Luke and looking off into the tattooing sunset. Which is cool. I love it. The binary sunset, as they call it. Love it. So there's... Why? Because it's just ones and zeros? Oh, you know it. Um, (laughs) The Matrix. (laughs) So that is the very complicated dissection of Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. A movie that I I don't know if I like or dislike. Yeah. Because that first half is so bad. Yeah. But already the nostalgia is making me think, it's pretty good. I know, man. I know. So, uh... Yeah, I, I think these six movies are supremely fascinating. Mm-hmm. And we are going to take a break, and we're going to do three episodes of the Thai martial arts films, Ong Bak. And we've already recorded our first episode with kind of an insane guest. Not kind of, an insane guest. An insane guest that we couldn't believe how easy it was to set up. And they and were super nice, nice and, fun. and it's a very fun episode. So and if, the movie, I, I we've we've done uh, other martial, we've done Ip Man and other martial arts series. Um, we've done, you know, I think we've we done another international series that I can't think of right now. It, yeah, we haven't done a lot of international things, and I, I, you know, usually movies like that or episodes like that aren't as listened to or watched. Yeah, because. It, no one knows what it is. And people like listening to things that they've heard, watched. I, yeah, get, I get it. it. I, get, I it. get it. But I would urge you very strongly to watch it. It is so good it's and cool. fun. They they do. There's some stuff that I cannot believe. And, and there and, are no wires used yeah. and no CGI. Yeah. So it's pretty insane. And I don't, I don't think there's any stunt And it's like either. an hour 40. Oh, yeah. You need the break from the long movies. Yeah. And if you have a library card, it's on Canopy. Yeah. Um, so really check it out. We haven't watched the next two. Yeah. But there, I know there's a shot from either two or three that's one of the most insane shots I've ever seen in a movie. Because mm-hmm. um, I that's how I knew about the series was seeing that one shot that's 10 minutes long and is a legit one shot yeah. that involves a lot of people falling off from very high places. With it's no strings in and no CGI, sane. I'm assuming. In the I, I, movies. Yeah, but, I think yeah. so. But yeah, it's it's really cool. So join us for that. And then once we finish those three movies, we'll be jumping right back into Star Wars to do the remaining five movies. Um, but before we do that, Jordan, I think we have to rank the George Lucas Star Wars movies. Okay. Can you start? 
I would go from bottom to top. Yeah. Bottom, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace, uh, The Revenge of the Sith, The Return of the Jedi, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. Can you wow. believe that I got all the titles? I can. I can't. It's awesome. I think, and this is crazy that I'm going to say this. I think I'm going to go Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, The Phantom Menace, okay. Return of the Jedi, A New Hope, and Empire Strikes Back. Okay. We'll once fight we, about it later. Well, once we get, get through the Disney Star Wars, we'll, we'll do a complete Star Wars ranking. Mm-hmm. And I might change my tune because already I'm feeling like, well, Revenge of the Sith is actually really cool, even <laughs> though I just talked about a lot of stuff I don't like about it. Yeah. But that first hour and a half is just so bad. Mm-hmm. So bad. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you. Hope you've had fun with Star Wars. I love this series. Warts and all, I love it. And I even still like these prequel movies, even though I complain so much about them. I'm tricked into thinking I love them still. May the 4th. May the fourth, may the force be with you and go watch the Mongbok. <laughs>